So as investors, what are some of the mistakes that we make? Today, we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, if you got a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. There's a couple of ways you can use that as a resource. The first is the Ask Bob section, which is uh, just through email. Send me uh, your questions, your comments. I'll reply to you. Typically, that takes care of things. But then again, there's these uh, you know issues that come up that are a little bit more complex. And so I have a calendar on the on the site that you can go to and request a 30-minute phone call or Zoom call, whatever works best, and I can help you with, uh, give you a little bit more specialized help as opposed to trying to do it through the email. It's just necessary sometime, and there's no cost, there's no obligations. It's, you know, we're just fulfilling the goal, which is to bring you a resource that you can get information and help you out. And you can do that all at prudentmoney.com. Today, though, we're going to talk a little bit about the mistakes that we make as investors. And, you know, the, the good and the bad about money is it's an emotional tool. And it can get in the way, our emotions can get in the way of good decision making. So one of the most important things you can do as an investor is not make decisions through the lens of emotion. I've seen more and more mistakes made. Instead, you take two steps back and you look at the whole picture beyond the emotion. And that is the, and of course, without question, and something I think we forget to do, I know that I do, uh, if, if we're being, uh, being honest, is, uh, you know, if you forget to pray about it, God wants to be a part of that process, and uh, it's so very important to make sure that you have God's peace. And I would even suggest that a lot of times when we make these quick decisions that we've filtered through emotions, we're not doing it because we've got God's peace. We're doing it completely out of fear, which is not what stewardship is about. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and then if we've got time, I want to talk about some New Year's resolutions for investors and talk a little bit about some of the new traits that you can take on, some of the new habits that you can take on and make decisions, better decisions with what God has given you to manage. Incidentally, it would not be fair if I didn't give a website and talk uh, where I got a lot of today. I've added to to this information, but some of the information uh, that that we'll be talking about comes off of realinvestmentadvice.com realinvestmentadvice.com. Excellent, excellent website to go to. They have a lot of good analysis and uh, would, would highly recommend it. There's no cost uh, to the information that they put out on the website. And it's, it's a, just a really good website. So we'll talk a little bit about that. One of the things I wanted to, to, to kind of finish up on from Tuesday is that you know, we talked about at the beginning of workshops and or webinars in January, I go through a list of what I think is the list of risks that could get in your way of retirement growth for 2024 and beyond. 
And uh, generally, when I put these lists together, it kind of forms a picture. You can you can kind of get an idea. You know, it's interesting because I can definitely put a list together. There's no question about that. But where that takes us, it's a lot more complicated today. I think that you'll agree. I mean, I talked about this the other day is that I think given a year from now, which, uh, yeah, just about a little over a year. No, excuse me, a little bit over a year from last November. I don't know what I'm saying is uh, the presidential elections. And I think we'll be talking about, wow, I didn't see that coming. Uh, it's just going to be a, an interesting year. And I think that there's a, a lot of what I see on my list of, of risks for this year. I'll spell surprise and volatility. Both of which the markets don't like. So as we look off, I can describe it this way. As, as you look down the timeline of this year... And you can kind of forecast and predict, it's just an opinion, of course, of what may or may not happen. It's almost as if it goes dark and you can't see that far down the road. And that's why it makes it so very important that we focus on not the things we can't control, but the only thing that we can fairly control which is risk, how much risk we're going to be taking. And the goal is, and it's very important that you get this, the goal is twofold. First, you're wanting to take risks that you can live with. And that risk is based on that you're, you're, going, you're going to bed, you're, you've prayed about it, you're going to bed with the peace of God, you're not worried about it, you feel like it's, it's, it's where you need to be. You feel very confident in that decision. That's the first part of, uh, of setting that risk level on your portfolio. The second part is that you'll, you know, the, well, let me go back to the first part. But through the first part, you're shooting for a, a rate of return, a growth rate. Say it's, you know, 4 or 5%. Say that you're really wanting to be conservative and you're just uh, you're just aiming for that four to five percent return. Then, if that's the case, what will that do to your future retirement goals or your current retirement goals? That's the thing is that we have to it because it all it all ties in together. We have to look at what kind of risk we're taking, what's the potential return of the growth based on that risk, and how does that affect our retirement goals. And that, that is the key two components to assessing your risk. So I would encourage you, first of all, to, to sign up for the webinar, which I'm not ready to give out that information yet. We'll be next week. We'll be rolling that information out. And uh, we'll do it on, I, I think we're tentatively right now, we're planning on doing it on Friday, January the 19th. And we're going to be doing it around lunchtime, and you can hopefully can, can plan for that and talk about things that you need to know for this year. But we're really focusing on what I'm talking about today and talking about the risks that, that there, you know, to me, it, it comes down to prudent stewardship is about managing risk in all areas of your life. 
and that's what you want to be good at. That's what you want to do, and uh, that's it's important. So, yes, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on Tuesday or not. No, actually, I think we did, but I, I think it's it's worth it's worth going through again because you're going to get hit, and this is the time of the year for this, with so many different predictions, so many different forecasts, most of which will be will be very very glowing positive and positive, and it could be that that's the case that it will be a great year. Who knows? I just think that there's higher probabilities that we could have some issues. But there is there's there is the so goes January. And so the way that that looks is they look the Wall Street monitors the first five days. Well the first three days have not been too great. And uh, the first five days to dictate how the month goes and if you if you're negative in the first five days, then the month is not going to be so great. And if the month's not so great, so goes the month, so goes the year. And according to Stock Traders Almanac, the, the direction of January's trading gain loss for the month has predicted the course of the rest of the year seventy five percent of the time. From a broad historical perspective, the chart uh, that, that shows this. Uh, it goes back to 1900. Now, here's the, the the two ways to look at that. One way to look at that is, wow, 75% of the time, my odds are pretty good. This is true, but the 25% that it doesn't work are pretty horrific from the standpoint of market losses. So you got to keep that in, in mind as well. And as I've always said, a decline in the market a, a cycle to a cycle like a bear market decline can be so damaging that it can wipe out many 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 years and then take many more years to get back to where you were before it started so that's why most of the statistics line up to be positive but there's two sides of that story and you got to be you got to be careful with that so January tends to be one of the best return months of the year, and that's because of that they pay uh, market I, I don't know why anybody pays attention to it because oh well, it's just I guess this is what Wall Street does. But January tends to be the best return months of the year. If it's not, you, you know what the statistics say. Then February and March are significantly weaker. and then, Let's see, January's most favorable return month, followed only by December, April, and July. And so you see a pattern sometimes of December and January being down. And then, of course, that affects the next couple of months. Maybe that has something to do with it. But it's all about psychology and making decisions the right way. All these these things about well, if this happens and this happens, if this this team of uh, this conference wins the Super Bowl, then this will happen. They're all fun to talk about and uh, to uh, I guess to watch. But the real important aspect of everything is to get that risk right and uh, determine exactly how it makes sense for your investments. 
Hey, this is Bob Brooks. We are up against a break. Stick around and I'll be right back. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Ever heard the quip, some Christians are so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good? Well, the opposite is also true. If we only do good and fail to share the gospel, then we've missed the main point. Thursday on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares explains that earthly blessings are temporary and should be used to point people to Jesus Christ. Learn more Thursday on Focal Point. Focal Point, weekday mornings at 8.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. In the book of Matthew, we find a strange character named John the Baptist calling people to repent. This call to turn away from sin and self isn't popular. But Thursday on the verdict, we're discovering why repentance is so important to our salvation. I'm John Monroe. Join me as we discuss this important topic Thursday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 10.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. So what are the mistakes that we make as investors? And uh, we repeat these mistakes. And if you look through this, and the, the majority of these uh, came from, in fact, I think all of it in this, in this case, in this list, they've all, uh, they've all come from uh, the, the website that I told you about earlier, which is, well, if I find it, I will, oh, here it is, my Gallup Live Radio, realinvestmentadvice.com. I just want to make sure and give them credit for this. And uh, they talk about the Dalbar Research, and Dalbar Research publishes an extensive study that repeatedly shows three primary reasons for investor failure. And uh, they defined nine of the irrational investment behavior, behavioral <laughs> biases. Well, the first one is loss aversion. This is the fear of loss leads to a withdrawal of capital at the worst possible time, also known as panic selling. It's really interesting when the market is in a decline and you notice that the last five minutes that the market really loses a lot, that is generally thought of as panic selling. And that is where mutual fund holders your average investors will invest and then they, they, they panic and they want to sell. So they put their orders in, leaving the mutual fund managers the, in a situation where they have to sell some of their stock to create cash to give to the people, the investors who are cashing out because of their panic selling. So you never want to have a fear of loss. You want to have a game plan that is broken down to meet your long-term goals and uh, values. 
narrow framing, making decisions about one part of the portfolio without considering the effects on the total. One of the things that's really important and that I practice as well with when it comes to managing money is that I, I evaluate the different parts and different aspects of the, of the strategy that I use. But I also look at it from the standpoint of if, if I make a decision on one, how does that affect the entire, the total, and not just uh, you know trip mon- managing money in a vacuum? So very important to do that. And uh, a lot of times people get focused on one strategy in a portfolio of, of, of investments, and they say, that, well, this one investment's not working. I want to get rid of it. Well, why is it not working, number one? Number two, how does it fit in? to the rest of the overall strategy. So it's very important to, uh, to, to take note of that. Anchoring the process of remaining focused on what happened previously and not adapting to a changing market. The, you know, a baseball player, a great baseball player, gets up to the plate and is successful. And if they're really successful, they're, you know, 300... They're batting uh, 300, 310, 315, and they're missing. They're they're striking out or flying out or or whatever. Seventy something, you know, 69, 70 percent of the time they're failing. And uh, so, the, the, why I say that is that same thing with money management. Sometimes you're going to make decisions that work. Some with investing. Sometimes you're going to make decisions that work. Sometimes you're going to make decisions that don't work. You can't, you got to have what they call a short memory when it comes to that. You can't just be, let yourself get buried in the past and focus on what previously happened. You have to take, you have to remember that it's a changing market and you have to focus on where that's going to leave you and how that affects you going forward, leaving the past in the past and hopefully learning something from past mistakes. Mental accounting, separating the performance of investments mentally to justify success and failure. Let me read that again because I don't know that I totally understand what they're saying there. Uh, Separating the performance of investments mentally to justify success and failure. I think what they're trying to say on that one is that if you had the, the majority of your account was down and negative for a period uh, for a certain period of time, but one uh, one part was really up and uh, really kind of saved your portfolio. That kind of justifies the success of of that particular investment, or it could be the failure of that of, of a, a, some of the investments in the portfolio. Lack of diversification. Believing a portfolio is diversified when it is actually a highly correlated pool of assets. I see this a lot with with people, and I always go back to the example that I use. Uh, A gentleman came into my office on a first appointment, I guess you'd call it, and showed me his 401k plan, and uh, he says, I've got it very well diversified. So I looked down. <clears throat> excuse me, at his portfolio 
And the portfolio was in, broken down into 10 different investments. He goes, you see, I've got to spread out over 10 different investments. And I said, well, actually, you have zero diversification. And what diversification means is that you have money split up over different kinds of investments, like a stock fund and a bond fund are two different types of investments. A, a stock fund and a medium-sized company stock fund and a small stock a small company stock fund are all three stock funds made of stock. So there's no diversification there. You rarely get into markets where the different types of stock funds will act as diversification. I, I, there's just, I just don't, I mean, they do in a little bit away, but the, the bottom line is if everything goes down with stocks, those go with it. So this is one of the, the problems with, with, um, uh, with the 401k plan is that you don't generally have a lot of diversification because there's either stocks and or bonds. But um, I've seen some, uh, I've worked on some 401k plans where we're, we were able to uh, make it work with just two investments. It really just comes down to the kind of and type of investment that you're using versus, you know, 10 investments that do all do the same thing going the same way. Herding, now this has always been interesting to me. Following what everyone else is doing, such leads to buy high and sell low. If everybody in, in the, if everybody thinks that say real estate's going to go through the roof, then chances that's, that's hurting. That's, that's about the crowd effect because everybody thinks the same way. There's an old saying, if everyone thinks the same way, everyone is usually wrong. And I uh, came out of, that came from a, a famous quote from a, a book back, uh, the, the art of contrarian thinking, which I think every investor should read because it get, really takes a look at the market from a different aspect and a different angle, which I think is very important. Regret. Not performing a, nece a necessary action due to the regret of a previous failure. 20s and 30s, you know, was a, a horrific time, 1929 to 1932, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 86%. Uh, and of course, um, that's that's one of those situations where people are definitely afraid of putting their money back in the market after they see such vicious losses, and they remember it. I would I would call regret uh, something differently. I would say you regret not participating in a market, and. You missed a, a great run-up in the market. One of the things that you got to remember is that the market is full of opportunities. And in any given two- or three-year period, I mean, you could have five or six great opportunities to make money. If you miss one, you catch the next one that, 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 that uh, rolls in. It's just kind of like surfing. If you miss the first good wave, you look for the second uh, wave and because there's always more than one wave. Media response. The media is biased, and I want you to hear this. We talk about it all the time. The media is biased 
toward optimism to sell products from advertisers and attract views and readership. Negative uh, outlooks and forecasts about the market are not as attractive as positive aspects about the market. Optimism sells products. In, in, a, in, a, in, in a weird sort of way, a dark sort of way, negati- negativity sells products as well. And uh, you have to realize that in, in a media response, they're just, re, they just repeating what they're hearing from Wall Street and hearing from people who are driven by agenda. It's just the way it is. So you can't always trust what you hear because there is a lot of agenda in the, in the media. And finally, optimism. Overly optimistic assumptions tend to lead to rather dramatic revisions when met with reality. Said another way, if you're overly optimistic, chances are you're looking at it, this is a slam dunk, can't find any mistakes. That's just a dangerous way to look at investing and can only translate into situations where one loses money. So just uh, be careful with that. I hope that you enjoyed that. But it was one of the things that uh, there's a lot of, and I've, I can look back over 30 years and say I probably made each one of these mistakes when it comes to ma- managing money, but that is just human nature. And you got to learn to, you got to be aware of it and learn to control your emotions. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com. And send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.